surprising them with a happy meal, is back. Thanks, Mummy. Check online to see how you can enjoy your favourites. From 11am, visit mcdonalds.ie for latest restaurant information. <laughs> Welcome back, good citizens, to glass of wine Being where we drink. Citizens. Well, anyone really. We don't discriminate. We do not. Not like Israel Flau. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> this is glass of wine. This is glass of wine where we drink many different types of wine. We don't discriminate against wine either, and we complain, and we don't discriminate against complaining. I am Gina, one of your hosts. I am joined by the sensational. Andy Schossler, hello. Hello, and the magnificent. Sensi Weber, I am large, and Andy has all of his senses. It's true. <laughs> and <laughs> Tully, you're a beautiful man. Why, thank you, Gina. Tell us your full name, uh, where you're from, and your birth date. Oh, uh, Tully Grimley. I was born in. Um, Andy Tax Farm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And my mother's maiden name and is. And what are those last three digits on the back of your credit card? Yeah, and, uh, and just a photo six. of the front, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tully, so what do you do? Where do you come from? Um, I hail, hail from the, uh, the very wet Sunshine Coast. Yes, And um, I live down here now. I study to be a teacher. Ooh. Yeah, oh, I know. You're a brave Ooh, man. One of those very safe government jobs, eh? <laughs> going, going that way. I mean, Socialist. of sorts. The <laughs> one of one of the highest uh, what abandonment rates after five years. I was yeah. surprised to learn that. Yeah, it is That's a hostile environment. Children are trash. <laughs> they're just little people. No, I'll tell you. I hate to tell you this, Tully, but there's a woman whose name I can't remember, but she it was a teacher in Australia. Have you heard of this? Stop me. Um, <laughs> so there's a woman Stop you if you teacher in Australia. I know a couple of them. Is this someone I know, Gina? <laughs> no. <laughs> and um, anyway, so she wrote a book because she quit teaching because she hated the system. I'll, it'll I, be in the show notes. We'll talk to, about it. I was told by a friend of mine that uh, the worst thing about teaching was other teachers um, oh. I'm not sure I believe that, but we'll see how it goes. Coming you... from a family of teachers and friends with teachers, the worst thing about teaching is the parents. I would believe that. <laughs> the children would... are delightful, I'm sure. <laughs> Having worked service industries for a long time, <laughs> I'd believe that. Mm. Well, thank you for... Joining us this evening. Thank this you for evening, me. we are drinking a red blend. Would you believe it? It mm. is um, from Uruguay, um, from a place that I cannot pronounce, and Andy <laughs> will help me right now by pronouncing it. <clears throat> the capital of Uruguay, Fantastic. which is Montevideo. Oh, no. Okay. Montevideo, you mean? <laughs> Because We're drinking a wine yeah, from Monty Video. <laughs> yeah, good old castle film, yeah. <laughs> because I feel like I've said this name before, but it wasn't spelt that way. Because I used to do trivia back in the day. Who knew? It's the site of the very famous visit by a World War II German battleship called the Braff Spree. And I know that. And it was hiding out in Uruguay because they were neutral. And then the British were all parked outside and they said, you have to come out sometime. And they went, oh, we don't really want to. And then the Uruguayans said, yeah, you kind of have to go out. 
and then they went out and they were shot up and they died. Oh no! And that's one minute history. Is no more. Glad I'm not a history teacher. <laughs> um, but it is. Uh, yes, drink more wine. <laughs> it hey. is a Prospero Tannet grape uh, Merlot. So it's, uh, I don't know, have we had a taste? Had, have I've we had, ever smelled? This I've is a, a strong smelling mm. wine. I've had a few wines now from the Tannet grape and I have to say I rather like it. it is, I cannot distinguish it. It is, it is absolutely bold. I, I didn't know the Tannet grape before no. we started doing the show and exploring uh, no, uh, wines. Either. It really is a pleasant journey. It, it smells like it's going to be a lot more peppery than it is. Mm. Mm. It is it's very soft on your tongue. Oh, does little anyone? smoky, a little oaky, little syrupy, a little bit, yeah, mm. very smooth. I like that. Yeah, okay, the, the the smell completely sets you up for yeah. a for a different flavor. Yeah. Also, the taste and the texture don't seem to go together either. Like it's the the taste you would feel like it was it was a lot more dry in your mouth, whereas it's it quite syrupy. feels syrupy but tastes watery. Mm. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of um blackberry, like sour blackberry. It's quite mm. sweet. Yeah. Mm. Uh, not like not dessert wine sweet, but just it has a very mildly sweet aftertaste. Shall we this play is... a game? Okay, Ooh, well I'm we can't the play the <laughs> when it was made oh. vintage game because I know that Andy's already seen it. I actually didn't look. <gasps> oh, you didn't? Okay, fine, we'll play. Okay, it's from <laughs> it's between 2014 and now. Go. 2016. Okay. I'll say 17. 17. Because it tastes young. I. <laughs> Just for interest, let's let's go back to 2015. Wouldn't that be nice? You're Wouldn't wrong. That be nice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone is wrong except for Zane again. <laughs> Zane for king. We're getting to Zane think 2016 is a safe bet for these ones. Yeah. Well, there's... I thought it, I thought because the last time I I guess uh, 2016 was a Riesling, and I thought that was a bold guess for a reason because usually they are young. Yes. Um, this one I thought was pretty safe. Yeah. I think the yeah. last episode I listened to, you also guessed 2016 and were correct. Zane's very good at that game. I don't usually. I, I don't think you I am. Well, look at look at that fake modesty there. <laughs> we don't. Think we've unravelled your secret game I here. I feel like I've lost <laughs> most of them. <laughs> but it says that Tanit is a well-travelled grape. It starts out in the southwest of France, goes on a holiday to the south of Italy, then finds its way to Uruguay, which mm. is kind of nice. That's the way I would go. Wish I was well travelled. <laughs> From France to Italy to Uruguay? Yeah. Yeah, but then it ends up holidaying in, in Brazil, Australia, Argentina, Peru, and even South Africa, and is now considered the main red grape of Uruguay. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. The more you know. So it has a kind of uh, real gritty kind of gravelly feel mm. um, and the fruit spectrum is filled with ripe plum, blueberry and a touch of rose. Ooh. What do we I think? definitely taste the fruit. It's yeah, very – I taste plum. I wouldn't, wouldn't have picked the rose but now that you say it, it's just like in the – Back of my mind mm. there. Isn't that always yeah. the way? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the second it says it, you go, oh, yeah, I can taste it now. I think if you breathe over it, you get a little bit more of the rose. Yeah. 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 Like a like a Turkish delight, like like rose water? Oh, uh, rose water. Yeah, yeah kind of, against the roof of your mouth. Okay. I, I can't taste that. Mm. But it, it even it even looks quite, like if you, if you hold it up to the light, it's not red like other red wines are red. Mm. It's got a little bit of a purpley mm. kind of, 
priestly robe purple colour to it. Mm. You, know, yeah. you know what I mean? That that church purple? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um yeah, if you take a big lofty breath over the top of it, that's where I got the okay. rose. Um, shall we play the other game? The other game. Which is the food game. So take a sip of this and think, hmm, what foods do I want to eat? First up, here we go. Steak sandwich. Steak sandwich, nice. Yeah. I, I, like want, I, want, I want to have a steak, I want to have the red meat, but I want it to be mm. casual, not, you know, okay. a little bit friendly. A little bit friendly. Yeah, nothing okay. formal, don't need the cutlery. So it already comes cut into this. a nice triangle for me. I'm somewhere warm, <laughs> eating something hearty. So either like a roast, like a roast mm. lamb or some and vegetables or like a hearty soup or stew. Mm. Okay. I'm with you there. Mm. Tully. I, I'm getting very much a home-cooked steak and asparagus. Ooh, oh, okay. lovely. Yeah, yeah. So mm. we're all a bit meaty, aren't we? Very yeah. meaty. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, this <laughs> well, is... It goes with nothing but macarons. <laughs> <laughs> You're all Fresh right. fruit and only fresh fruit. <laughs> Sorbet with a garnish of lime rind. <laughs> no, okay. You're pretty much all right. This is a real meat lover's wine and would pair nicely with confit duck, cheaper cuts of... Beef, hearty lamb shanks mm. and rich gravy or Swedish-style meatballs. Definitely mm. the gravy. Like I think anything yeah. gravy this would go yeah. well with. Because yeah. it is – it's sweet but it also has that kind of salty, tanniny yeah. um, bite to it. It also says um, be sure to include blue cheese somewhere mm. in no, your recipes. You. I, <laughs> I absolutely that. dig that, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Or I'm proper butcher's sausages that add real rustic charm to a dish. So I think it's just yeah. like a real meaty, yeah. beefy time. Yeah, nice fatty sausages would go mm. Love nicely. it, yeah. yeah. But I also my first sip and I wanted like black forest cake. Mm. Ooh. Anyone? Yeah. Maybe as a dessert. I don't know. Because of the cherry in it? That little... Yeah, perhaps. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Plus, like, black forest cake is very airy and... Where are you drinking this? I'm somewhere dark and there's candles. And cake. (laughs) And um, And, uh, what are you wearing? It's a birthday birthday party, right? (laughs) It's not a birthday party. I think... I'm going for a bath, so obviously I've got on... (laughs) <laughs> my best my best negligee. <laughs> um, I think that it is between. I think it's autumn because there's a breeze, but I'm not freezing, okay. and I'm wearing stockings and comfortable heels, and I'm going to an underground bar where there's candles, and I'm a little bit like tired, but then there's like jazz or something. Okay, you know, jazz or something. Jazz. <laughs> You know, or something. Or something. Metal, <laughs> jazz, who can say? I'm definitely somewhere familiar with this. Oh, okay. Like somewhere that I know. A pump. Yeah, a, p- a pump. It's not Maybe. too loud. There's a little bit of noise in the background that is, mm. you know, could be distracting if it was, you know, a few decibels higher, but for the moment it's fine. I'm comfortable. I'm in, you know, familiar surroundings. I know yeah. what to expect. And then this wine comes out and I just go, oh, that's exactly what I didn't know I was going to what I was going to taste. Yeah. And the second you taste it, you go, it wasn't expecting that, but I like it. Yeah. And it tastes familiar. Like me. Tell <laughs> it. I am, I think I'm on, I'm on the balcony at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a laptop in front of me. I'm writing something. I'm actually being productive, getting some creative output there. And uh, I've just finished a cup of tea and I've poured myself a glass of wine. Oh. And this is the glass of wine. 
It's Lovely. just ticked over from 5.59 to 6. Exactly. <laughs> this is time for wine. It's completely legal. It's autumn, <laughs> as, as you said, and the sun is just going down. I like That's it. beautiful. I'm with Gina on this one. I mm. am in an underground bar that used to be a cellar and there is, there's a, a single stage with a bass, a bass player and a guy on guitar singing the blues and you're sitting there maybe with someone else talking or the music is quiet enough that you can easily talk or you can just not quiet enough that you can't sit there and listen and it would be awkward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's where I'm. Just kind of unwinding mm. in this wine. There's a fine art to pubs to find that mm. to find that that volume mm. where you can you know easily easily uh, draw the attention away from an awkward silence and no I'm just listening to the music. If you don't get that volume right, you're just ignoring. And the that problem person. is it changes <laughs> with the more or fewer people that come into the bar. Yeah, yeah. But we must thank, of course, our sponsors, formerly known as the Wine Gallery but is now called Good Pear Days. There you go. You worked it into the promo. Well done. Thank you. Woo. Thank you so much. Um, so you can look them up at goodpairdays.com and, of course, they are still a monthly wine subscription service where you order some wine. They can also give you um, recommendations of wine that you might like. And i got to tell you, I think we've had like 1% not amazing wine. All the wines we've had, at least one of us has really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that, that's an, easy, an easy statement. I've enjoyed, and I don't like wine, I've enjoyed at least drinking a glass of maybe 95% of the wines that we've got from there. They are very high quality and, and really tasty. And, and all the information that they give you is great as well. Yeah. Well, the cards are just amazing. Yeah. They and also always give you a recipe on the back. They give you tasting notes, food pairings, and a story from where it's from. Actually, with their new format, they even have uh, a link to the recipe on the back. Oh, lovely. So you can look it up online. Exactly right. Yeah, So cool. if you're too drunk to read a card, <laughs> you can mash some look buttons it up on, online. Your, on your phone and, and have you a go what? there. Speaking as somebody who's who's ordered wine from a, a rival subscription service, <gasps> I wish they would have had something yeah. like this. They really are terrific. They, yeah. It really is absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. So, of course, pop in our discount cl- cl- uh, 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 Yep. Sorry, I just gave Pop birth to a small code. rabbit. <laughs> Glass um, of wine. <laughs> Glass of wine at the um, checkout. And, of course, that means you get $25 off your first order and add that fourth bottle. And, my friends, you get to uh, get free delivery. Yeah, it's You a good better deal. believe it. Right. Now we've had our wine. We've had a little chat about how good it is. But now, Tully, we have to... Damper everyone's evenings. Unburden those shoulders. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Tell us. So, this one's going to hit home for a few people. Oh, okay. I'm going to talk about self worth. Ooh. Oh. Specifically, self worth for artists. Oh, oh, classic. What if you don't have any? Well, that, my, that my friend, <laughs> is the problem. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, so, as artists, a lot of what we do, we talk about you know, what the next project is or what we've done in the past or, you know, what we've got bouncing around our heads. It's a lot of who we are. It's a lot of our identity. Um, and I'm fairly confident I can speak for most artists in saying that. Yes. Now, I, I left school uh, and went straight into a degree in classical music. Oh, classic. 
Have you seen that meme? That's like, <laughs> like it's an adult talking to a young boy and the adult's going, Jimmy, now it's time that we discuss the value of, <laughs> the value of money. money and here's a dollar and Jimmy goes off. <laughs> to the to vending, machine, vending machine and there's an arts degree. <laughs> to dispense arts degree. Jimmy, no. <laughs> Jimmy, no. <laughs> Jimmy, no, don't do it. I understand because I did the same. Yep. Carry on. Um, so just about all my friends did arts degrees of some kind, but – I specifically went into a Bachelor of Classical Music specialising in bass trombone performance. Mm. Oh boy, is that a niche degree. <laughs> Specific. Little niche. Yeah. Little, little bit. Little, little bit little niche. Bit. There's okay. only about eight jobs in Australia for full-time Ooh. bass trombonists. How many of them did you get? <laughs> That's a good question, Dan. <laughs> I'm studying to be a teacher now. <laughs> no, um, so when I, when I started... I was always considering being a teacher because I love teaching. Okay. I love working with kids and teenagers and I just think that's where I want to be. I lost sight of that and I really wanted to be a big performer. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with... There's nothing wrong with that at There's all. a lot wrong with that. No, no, no. I mean... Having- I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, having the ambition and and... Working on on a performing career is definitely difficult. I yeah. I, I mean I, I came to Brisbane wanting to be an actor, and very quickly I discovered just how monumental that hill would be. Yeah, mm. it's not a tiny little hill. And what I found while I was doing <laughs> this degree was the more I got into it, the more and I I had some amazing experiences, things that I never would have done if I'd not done this degree and if I'd not met the people I'd met through this. Um, But what I discovered throughout this is that the amount of hours and the amount of headspace and effort that was going to go into being a professional performer in my field was so monumentally over what was going to give me a decent quality of life. Right. And so what I ended up doing was I finished the degree grudgingly, but I got my bachelor and I started playing for fun, which was great. But three years of classical performance training has taught me one thing and that is to value only good performance and not the process of making art. Oh, oh really? And boy, oh boy, has that fucked me. <laughs> so you put, not that you don't put merit in making art, you just don't put... I put merit in other people making art. But when I make if art, it's all good. I can think about, <laughs> oh, other people, I can absolutely love art that's been well-loved, well-thought about and okay. not executed well. Okay. But uh. my own art, if it's not absolutely perfect, I hate it and I hate myself for it. Yeah. And as such, when I left brass banding, I stopped playing. Oh, okay. Mm. And I have not picked up my primary instrument for... Nine months. Really? Yep. Do you miss it? Like, do you feel bad or do you feel relief? I feel awful. But also the amount of emotional and psychological unpacking (laughs) that needs to go into that. I'm going to bring my trombone into the next session with my psychologist because I need to figure this shit out. (laughs) (laughs) Playing piano and singing, I've suddenly started to, uh, now that I'm learning about motivation and how to develop it, I'm suddenly starting to enjoy the process again. Good. And uh, I'm beginning to really resent what happened to my playing. And I never want anyone to go through that again. 
but I see it so often and it's infuriating. See what specifically? People only putting value in art when it is of professional standard. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And a good friend of mine and Zane's and of the TNC <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the TNC network. She has her own show. It's called The Humor Experiment. Her name is Dorothy May. She put something up on the interwebs the other day that kind of reset my thinking again because I too put a lot of weight in making good art. And I don't like that's another issue in itself. But she like she put up a status on the Facebook the other day and she was like, why do people expect me to make great art? She was like, I can I just make art to make art. So what if it's bad? I'm learning and at least I'm creating like I'm just making art because I love art. It doesn't have to be good every time. It's so easy to be a critic though. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, But it was kind of. She's so free in her thinking, like, because... Uh, and that comes at a cost, though. I mean, a, what, lo- a lot what of what... What sort of cost? Well, no, I mean, like... What is the price? That, that, that's a very that's a, that's a very good, uh, a very good and healthy opinion to have, but it's almost entirely uh, impossible to keep that in your head the whole time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I just thought it's good to remind yourself sometimes that you can just make art for the sake of making art and you like art. Yeah, absolutely. And, but if you do release it to the public, you're naive if you think there is not going to be any backlash. Any backlash. backlash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, and and that, that's kind of the point. You have to make art yeah. for art's sake, not for the public's sake, if you get all of your self-worth from what other people give you because of your art, that is when you're going to... And you are going to have so many more people who undeservedly say it stinks Yeah. um, compared to the few people who are genuine in their criticisms, good or bad. I had an example of this today. I work at a print shop. We do promo material uh, for people and for students and what have you. We had a very lovely lady who's an artist and she has art that is in a gallery and she wants to sell this art. And it is kind of abstract. It's kind of a lot of like colour blocking and what have you. Okay. And some of the people that I was working with are like, what even is that? I could do that. It's just colour swatches. Mm. And I'm like, sure, you could <laughs> sure, do that. Sure, try and do but it. But are you? Are you? Mm. Have you done it? Are you putting it out there so that people like you can see it and no, judge but, it? But how hard can it be? It's just how a few colours. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it is. It's a lot easier to judge someone's work than it is to to make work of your own and give that to people to be judged. But that's an as artists, that's what you have. That's to what do. you do. Art yeah. is not just to be enjoyed by the person making it. So where do you stand between those two things, between making it to enjoy the process and to make art and then sharing that at the cost of making yourself vulnerable to every criticism you can have? Yeah, I don't don't, – oh, sorry. I I was just going to say I don't think you're that um, strange for being heavily, heavily critical of yourself. I mean, whenever I, think I everyone is. Yeah, yeah. Whenever, yeah. whenever I write something, you know, I can, I can appreciate uh, somebody else's, you know, an, an amateur, you know, script or, or mm. whatever it is, and I can be very forgiving for it. Like I, I can see where they were going, and with a little bit of polishing, it would be fine. When I compare that to something that I've written, that at the, you know, 
during the process, I'm, I'm you know, mm. very proud of it. And, oh, that's a zinger. Oh, this that's, is that's incredible. Great. Yeah. In. When I read the whole thing, the, the more often I, I read over the whole thing, I go, oh, God, I see all the holes. I see all the <laughs> awful things. This is never going to work. This can't even be fixed. It's just crap. I've got two complete plays written with a friend that I am terrified <laughs> to show the world because I loved it when I wrote it and now I read it and I, mm. I all I can think of is how do I fix this? How do I make it better? Yep. Is, should we just share these to the world? Is that yeah, what absolutely. we need to start doing? Speaking as the <laughs> owner of a podcast network, yes, you, you make something, you put it out there, you learn from constructive criticism, you ignore non-constructive oh, that's criticism. That's going to hurt, Zane. It does. Oh, it no. hurts a lot. And you just got to keep doing it <laughs> and promise yourself that you're growing and find the people that do appreciate it. You know but what you- I... Th- you also have to have the people in your life that you can trust and who will not bullshit you because when you make art, there's going to be a lot of suck asses who are like, oh, my God, you're so mm-hmm. amazing. You're so good. You're so this. Well, you're that's so kind that. of the thing. You have to take that only when that's constructive as well. Mm. Yeah. Take all or when they're paying for tickets. Well, mm. that, yes. that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also in our arts culture and society these days – Everyone is so good at everything and no one's good at anything because yeah. no one's actually improving because we all want to network and we can't network if someone doesn't like X, Y, and Z. You know, oh, no, Gina said something bad about that play. Oh, but did you hear what John Smith said about her play? Like, mm. you know, it's just... Mm. We and need he must to, know because he's written a few, yeah. Yeah, we need to... Uh, Find a happy medium. And here we come back to Zane's old philosophy of <laughs> radical honesty. I'm going to tell you the truth. If you ask my opinion, yeah. I'll give you my opinion. And I'll mean it. I'll try and be constructive with it. But if I don't like something, I won't tell you I like it yeah. because it will hurt your feelings. I'll tell you I don't like it in the hopes that you can improve. Yeah, and get go somewhere yeah. with it. And you know what I'm feeling? I'm feeling that I would rather send you specifically as someone that I would trust to t- be honest with my work, send you that and have you criticise it, then subject it to my own criticism now. Because I think it, it stands true, you are your own worst critic. If you're honest, I'd, I'd, mm. I, I think you can't help but be that way. Yeah. And I would much rather hear from someone that I trust that I've done something poorly rather than I've been, that I've been lazy. Mm. in not exploring it completely or just, you know, yeah. slopping and it together. And that's the really what it comes down to. Is what you're doing better than literally nothing? <laughs> Would the world be yeah. better if you produced nothing or if you produced something that isn't perfect? Yeah. Yep. And, Put something and, into and the world. Sometimes. Sure. Even, even a script on a shelf has value. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you're a Nazi, it is better if you do nothing. But I hope you're not a Nazi. I hope I'm not too. <laughs> they do put on we'll a hell of a know. parade. <laughs> it's true. And they are very good at construction. <laughs> um, oh. And that light show, my God. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but but we'll, we'll in the last episode of. <laughs> Gina gave me a very big glass of wine. <laughs> and he's drinking it and he's drinking it well. That's lovely. Very quickly. Mm. On the on the span of artists, self-worth, making art on another tangent, I feel also how cooked is mental illness in artists? 
how, absolutely cooked. How, how the answer cooked? Um, well, well done. Well done. Well done. I don't. I don't understand the question. Yeah. I mean, like, there's. I think there's a lot of mental illness in the arts industry that doesn't go <laughs> diagnosed. Oh, sure. But I think that's. I think uh, people select themselves into the arts if they have a mental illness because they want to express something that isn't being expressed elsewise. Mm. So if you're an actor and acting lets you say things you can't normally say or act in ways you can't normally act, if you're a painter and you feel some sort of release when you're painting as to when you're not painting, like that's something that's within you that you can't get out any other time. So, yeah. And sometimes it's just because it makes you feel different. Yeah, like I, I used to be incredibly shy and it wasn't until I started going on stage and literally forcing myself to, to go on stage and forcing myself to say yes when somebody said there's another little role in another play we're doing, uh, do you want to be on? Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> I'll do it. And forcing myself to go through with it, that's, that, that's when I started to come out and I got much more comfortable with talking to people. Theatre sports is what made me who I am. Yeah. I was incredibly shy before that. Yeah. And so it's not it's not just about the art. Sometimes it's sometimes it's about changing yourself as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. Wow. <laughs> and, maybe, and honestly, that might be why people with mental illness are drawn to the arts to try and self heal, figure shit yeah. out. Yeah. And sometimes it's just fun. You just get an idea, and yeah. it's just fun to develop it mm. for no other reason than to just have something. It's yeah. not you know it. It's be not. A it's not a, yeah. It's not a play I've written to put on a show. It's just an idea I had, and it was fun to write it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And now, and now I cry when people don't see it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you though, back in the day when I was a young cherub, mm. speaking before, you know how we were talking about um, anyone, anyone can do that. You know what I mean? I had a friend <laughs> who was <laughs> Thank you. She was horrible. Anyway. <laughs> And as always, (laughs) this podcast circles back to people are trash. People are trash. Anyway, yeah, so I, when I was young, Cherub was settling into acting like, this is cool, I might be good at this. And um, she was of the opinion of anyone can do acting, like I can do acting. And she was also of the opinion that she was smarter than me and all of those horrible things. Anyway, so she for some reason had to do drama and had to do something. And I remember we had to film it. And all she needed was one take. One take of saying like a couple of words. (laughs) and The soup is too hot. Oh, no. (laughs) And she could not get it. Like she just could not do it. And I just, I couldn't, I tell you, there was nothing, I've never felt more joy than seeing her face (laughs) fall when she realised that acting actually has talent. That there's actually a skill and a craft behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Schadenfreude is a powerful powerful thing <laughs> i felt so good i was like yep that's right you're good at sports you're good at math b but guess what you're yeah. not good at math c and <laughs> <laughs> that's right anybody can bake bread not everybody can open a bakery it's true yep. yeah it is true and also i stole a crush <laughs> <laughs> and that's the real victory Drop here the mic <laughs> And I still feel good about it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been Glass of Wine. Tully, thank you. Thank for you for having us me. your t- trombone woes. 
Absolutely. It's I hope you play more. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to playing more. Next time you're in here, you're bringing your trombone and you're giving us a solo. Okay. I assume and the trombone dates solos of your... are a thing. Uh, yeah. They are. <laughs> they are, <laughs> they are <laughs> a thing that happens. Yeah, good. They're loud. Be prepared <laughs> for that. Uh, Zane, the greatest sci-fi trombonist there is, Commander Riker from the Starship Enterprise, uh, I famously believe, played the trombone. I believe they're called tromboners. <laughs> that was on the back of my Year 12 school jersey. <laughs> Well, thank you, Tully, and I hope we see you again very soon. Thank you. I look forward to it. Good. Thank you, Andy. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Gina. It is, isn't it? Thank you, Zane. And thank you, Gina. Oh, thank you. This has been Glass of Wine. We're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Look us up. Bye. 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 Good morrow, mine kiotis. Tis I, your once and future pal, Old Matty. Through fortuitous wheeling and ordealing, Old Matty bamboozled, hoodwinked, and duped himself in official That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Delicious Word Sandwich, the only podcast that transforms literary readables into scrumptious edibles, and the only literature podcast ever made, probably. Get a questionable recipe and an impeccable book breakdown all in one by the month as Old Matty reviews a New Yorker short story, shares some advice from the almighty titan, Old Matty's idol, Ernest Hemingway, then finally transforms every element of classic novels into ingredients. Example? Marvel as I turn the Maltese Falcon's cynical characters into smoky, bitter cheese, and its hard-boiled plot into an egg. Shell included! All the while, Delicious Word Sandwich chronicles old Maddie's madcap misadventures, in which he conquers death. So be sure to catch Delicious Word Sandwich on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and in your demonically possessed spaghetti. Until then, farewell, my kiotis. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast.